You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Felix Gilman lives in New York City, where he practices law. His first novel is Thunderer. Thank you for speaking with me, Felix. Thank you for, for speaking with me. Felix, this is a really, uh, I think, uh, an example of uh, an unusual kind of fantasy novel where you've chosen to an urban setting versus a pastoral setting. And fantasy is well noted for having people walking around in beautiful fields and engaging in sword fights between hiking exercises. So tell me, why did you choose an urban landscape to set your fantasy in? I don't know anything about pastoral landscapes. I, I uh, find it hard to, to imagine pastoral landscapes, and, and I'm not sure what goes on in them. The sort of, of, of myths that I'm, I'm interested in are, are, are urban myths, uh, the sort, sort of characters that I'm interested in are urban characters. You, you're a, a lawyer, or you practice law, so tell me yes. a, a little bit about... How you started writing this novel and writing in general? Did you write as a child? I did write as a child. I, I wrote a lot of stuff as a child. I, I thought of myself as a writer as a child, or you know, as, as, as somebody who will absolutely, as soon as I get around to writing a novel, have written a novel. And then I, I sort of stopped for most of my 20s. Now, now I, I'm guessing by your accent that you're not originally from New York. No, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm originally from London. But I've lived in states for eight years or so, and in New York for about four. To, to be honest, the immediate cause of my writing this book was that I had six months off between jobs, and I decided that it was time to either write something or decide that I was never going to. So I sat down, and uh, this, this book came out. Well, it, it uh, seems so... Uh... Uh, dense, intense, and filled with uh, detail. Had you thought about this setting in the past? Had you made notes as to what Ararat would be? It's built out of a lot of things that I'd thought about. Before I, I thought of myself, before I became a lawyer, I was a historian, by which I mean I, I sort of started postgraduate study and, and it didn't go anywhere. So I've always been very interested in, in uh, London history in particular and sort of early modern history. The city is built out of a lot of, of very heavily transformed and probably unrecognizable, but, but, but to me it, it seems to be built out of uh, incidents from 17th century or 18th or, or 19th century history, and I sort of ended up sticking a lot of things together. But I hadn't, this isn't a sort of a, a, a world that I've inhabited since I was six or something. This, this was a, a construction. Tell me a little bit about some of your influences as a writer. What, what writers inspired you to create this kind of world? The main influence is probably Gorman Gust, Mervyn Peake. One of my favorite books. It's so beautifully written. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I keep trying to recommend it to people, and surprisingly few people find it readable these days. But, but it, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. But, but when, you, when you say fantasy is, is a pastoral genre, typically. The, the, the sort of fantasy that I'm interested in, usually, is, is the sort that, that, that starts with Gorman Gust, as opposed to the sort that starts with, I suppose, Tolkien, 
Well, one of the other influences that I that I kind of noted here or seen what was Dickens, and that's what I thought was really interesting. There seemed like very much a, a Dickensian kind of novel with an overlay of magic and superstition and supernatural and kind of science fiction elements. Did Dickens play any part in your influences or in your thoughts? I, he did and he didn't. I mean, obviously, I, I was well aware of, of the the Oliver Twist, Artful Dodger, Workhouse Parallel stuff. That's kind of hard to ignore. I think I, I thought of it more as a... Um, that that, that I, I was interested in writing about those sort of, of London urban myths of, of which Dickens and, and, and that sort of thing is, is now part of the texture of, of London's mythic life. Whether or not Dickens as such was an influence, it's, it's hard to say because... It's a long time since I've actually read any Dickens. You have an interesting combination of stuff that's really gritty, gritty realism, and then you have this kind of supernatural woven right into it. And, and I'm wondering if you would talk about um, p- plotting that out and writing that. The, the, a lot of this was, was done essentially on the fly. So there was no planning. You just sat down and you'd write a page and what would come out would come out? What would come out would often be thrown away. Um, but I, I was aware that I wanted a, a, a combination of, of low-key realism with not just the, 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 the fantastic, but, but the, out, the outrageously over-the-top fantastic. But a lot of it really was a matter of, of sitting down every day and seeing what worked and, and what had to be thrown away, where it, it, it made sense to, to jump from one to the other. When you create a world like this, you have uh, like a... a religions, you have systems of magic. As you created some of the, for example, the systems of magic, were there specific technologies out there that kind of informed the creation of the, of the magic technologies? I mean... I really didn't want to do that. The important thing, it, 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 it was important to me that the, there wasn't a system of magic that was clear, explainable, reducible to something that we could all understand you know, there are eight levels, you know, sort of Dungeons and Dragons, explainable system. So whenever I felt that I was coming too close to, to doing that, I would sort of take something out or, or put something in, which, which meant that it didn't quite add up. So I, I hope it's, it shouldn't be clear how it works to the characters, and I hope it isn't clear how it works to the reader. Uh, I, I would prefer it to be somewhat disorientating. So I don't think... I don't think that the, the way that anything works is, is, is closely based on, on any particularly rigorous system, though the way in which the, the scientist-type characters try to understand it is or should be based on the way actual early 18th century scientists might have, have tried to, to understand their horribly confusing world. Uh, I'm wondering if you could talk maybe a bit about your background and... and, and how you feel maybe that informed your novel, especially your legal background. As a lawyer, you do quite a bit of writing, and I'm, I can't see what I know of legal writing. It's very different from what we find in Thunderer. Mm. Only the bad legal writing. Yes, uh, I've, I've done an awful lot of legal writing, and it is very, very different. Uh, it, there's no particular requirement that legal writing be hideously ugly, but but... The important thing in any bit of legal prose is that you close off every possible avenue for misunderstanding 
you have to assume that your readers are profoundly intelligent people who are working as hard as they can to misunderstand you. And so that's the most important thing is, is to close everything off. Whereas, well, That's almost the opposite of what you do here. You, you assume that your readers are profoundly intelligent individuals who are trying to understand something that is essentially almost in places at the edges incomprehensible. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and it was tremendously relaxing. I mean, part, parts of this, as I say, the, 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 the first draft was written while I was not working. Uh, but parts of this and revisions and, and later stuff have, have been written in the evenings while I've been working as, as a lawyer. And it's, uh, it's wonderfully relaxing. It's a nice break to use the other side of the brain. I understand you have a two-book contract. I do. And so what will your next novel be? The next book is set in the same city, though it's, in a sense the canvas has, has expanded as it has to following on from, from the end of the book. It, 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 it follows Ayun onwards and, and inwards. And in a way, it's, it's a, a continuation that involves a, an awful lot of new characters and, and something of a, of a new, somewhat darker setting. You talked uh, about uh, Gormenghast, which mm-hmm. I feel is, is certainly one of my favorite books. It's, a, it's a, a landmark fantasy. And one of the things that I, I really liked about Gormenghast and I like about this book is that it's entirely disconnected from our world, yet it seems a, a, a part of it at the same time. Could you talk about creating that kind of effect as a writer? One of the things that, that I, I was trying to do was to have a, at least one character, um, and, and this is mostly Ayun ends up carrying this, who is a very strange person. I mean, he has a very fantastic background, but a lot of the things that happen to him are very normal. Uh, and and I, I was, it was important to me that it wasn't all outrageous things happening or, or, or high adventure, that, that there was an awful lot of trying to find rent. This is one of the aspects I like of, the, of this book the best, is that these characters aren't uh, they don't spend their full time on heroic quests. You know, that's not their full time job. They actually have to, you know, work for a living. And 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 I think that I mean that that's part of of making it believable. And so that that requires some attention to to how people actually live in this world. But the other thing that that was very important to me was some sense of of what the people read, what what plays they go to, what sort of music they listen to, and so far as you 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 can do that in the book that that. The characters inhabit a cultural world. And then on top of that, the impossible stuff happens. Uh, but I, I think it's important to address what they do when they get out of bed in the morning and, and what sort of media world they inhabit. We've been speaking with Felix Gilman. His new novel is Thunderer. Thank you for joining me, Felix. Thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.